What is going on, everybody? I am pumped. Welcome to another episode of the Penn State Quick Slants. I am your host, Stephen. I am one half of the We Got Next podcast duo between myself and Christian Hayes. Shout out to my boy, Christian. You guys know the drill. Go find us on Twitter. Christian is at AO Shifty. I am at Stephen underscore Springs. Go follow the We Got Next podcast at We underscore Got Next. Go subscribe and like us on YouTube and go follow us on Spotify. Whew, the whiteout. It came and it went and Penn State got the W. Auburn came up to town and there was never a point in the game and I was in the game and there was never a point in the game where I was worried that we were going to lose. Auburn had a couple drives, seemed like they would get momentum, and Penn State would punch right back. But then on the flip side, Penn State would get a drive going, and they would score, and it would look like that Penn State would grab momentum, and Auburn would punch right back. So it was a great, great back-and-forth game. Penn State could have done a couple things to make it a little bit um, a little bit easier, um, and especially there right at the end, uh, maybe get a first down right there before instead of having to punt it and give the ball back to Auburn with the, with the chance to at least tie the game. Um, but overall, I wouldn't say this was the best game that we've played under James Franklin, but it was potentially one of the most meaningful games to beat a team like Auburn, who is really good, okay? Uh, to beat a team like Auburn from the SEC, which we all know that the Big Ten has had their issues with the SEC, whether it's regular season or in the you know in a bowl game or playoffs, whatever, to come away with the W twenty eight to twenty, that's huge, and it showed in the rankings. Penn State moved up from ten to six. The only Big Ten team ahead of Penn State is Iowa at five. We got a showdown with them coming up um, here in a handful of weeks. We got Villanova coming up this weekend. You know, I'm gonna just jump right into Villanova because I want to spend a lot of time talking about about the game on Saturday. Um, so I'll talk about Villanova real quick. Then I'll talk about the whiteout, talk about the experience, talk about the day, and then I'll kind of start diving into um, the X's and O's of, of the game. Um, anybody who has watched Villanova play, anybody who follows um, you know, D1AA or FCS or whatever it's called now, um, you know that Villanova is a good team. They've made the playoffs, I think it's 13 straight years. Um, they have a national title uh, recently. They're good for for FCS, but this is completely different. And I know that an FCS team is very capable of beating, you know, a top twenty-five team. We've seen it. Um, I would, you know, I would say go go listen to James Franklin's press conference from from Tuesday, and he rattles off about eleven or twelve FCS teams that have beaten FBS teams, and there's been a couple this season. So it can absolutely happen. And I'm not saying that we should just disregard Villanova because because they're an FCS team. That's not it's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that our talent level and the way our team is playing right now, the confidence that we have, the confidence that Sean Clifford has, um, the confidence that our offensive line has, our defense is playing, I think championship level defense, um, just the way all those things are coming together, it's we should we should run away with this game. I think it's it's a 29-point spread right now, last I checked. So we should – I would love this to be our like annual blowout of a, of a team. I would, love us to, I would love us to double up that spread um, and just 
put this one away as early as possible like we did against Ball State. Um, that would be uh, ideal. Um, you know, again, I know we got to go play the game and get everything done and we got to see it happen. But, um, you know, that's that's what I'll say about Villanova. Um, man, we'll see what happens. I'll give you my prediction at the end of the at the end of the show. But going back to the whiteout, going back to the Auburn game, um, some of the some of the biggest takeaways are the offensive line protected Sean Clifford all night. And some of the, the, the biggest numbers I saw were four and zero. The zero being zero sacks. That's huge. And I said this, I said both of these numbers, the four and the zero, both of these numbers I mentioned last week needed to change. Um, Sean Clifford got sacked, you know, so far in the first two games before Auburn, he got sacked five times. Okay, that was five times too many. And we needed to eliminate that against Auburn because they were able you know, in their, in their early games, they had nine sacks. I mean, granted, it was against Akron and Alabama State, so it was a little bit different competition, obviously. But we needed to eliminate that in general. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Um, we got to eliminate that. We got to eliminate that against Villanova this weekend. So to have zero sacks, for Sean Clifford to drop back and have all day seemingly, there was a pass in the first quarter. It was one of the first passes of the game to a sideline pass to Keandre Lambert-Smith. Clifford had eight seconds in the pocket. And I think he went to each receiver twice before he finally came back for a first down to Smith on the sideline. Um, so he had all day. There was one pass to Jahan Dotson, uh, I think it was in the second half, where he almost had too much time. And Dotson was open coming on a levels route concept where he kept climbing and got back to the secondary. And Clifford looked like he was going to overthrow it. it looked like, he, like I said, he looked like he had too much time. So he was just trying to make a perfect pass. He almost overthrew him, but um, Dotson made one of his one of his spectacular catches and um, bailed out Clifford. And there was a couple of those passes. You know, Sean Clifford's pass to his touchdown pass to Jahan Dotson in the end zone. Um, from a couple angles, it looked like it might get away from him. But again, Dotson made a unbelievable catch and you know, got the touchdown. So that was that was big. Um, the other number is four, and that's there's two fours in this one. Sean Clifford had four incompletions. And it wasn't like one of those games where he goes, you know, 15 of 19. It was 28 of 32. 280 yards, two touchdowns. 28 of 32. And I said last week that Sean Clifford needed to have, and I, I haven't seen him have that game. And I wanted him to have that game. Now, in terms of, you know, the, the, the passing yardage and the touchdowns, you know, maybe you'd think 28 of 32, he might have 400-something yards and four touchdowns, whatever. Um, but he was so efficient with the pass that he was making. Um, and he wasn't making bad reads. The interception he had, that was basically a punt. End of the first half, Auburn had it down inside the five, I think it was. So you would like him to not throw that pass, potentially you know, finish off that drive and get a touchdown because we did have a little bit of momentum. But nonetheless, that, that, that interception, I know it still counts on the stat sheet, but it was basically a punt. Uh, but he was so efficient. It was awesome to see that. And he's just he just seems like a, a new Sean Clifford. And I think everybody feels that way with the offense because of Mike Yersich. And it just seems like there's no um there's no panic or no worry about about the offense getting going. I think in years past, you know, under Ricky Ronnie, uh, again, maybe Kirk Soraka as well. I mean, that, that was a little different with how little time we had with him, how little time the offense had with him, but I think under Mike Yurcich, knowing 
what he's done in the past at the places he's been at, there's no worry that, man, the offense is, is sputtering a little bit. You know, we got to get going a little bit. No, it's there. And it seems like each week there's a new page, not a new chapter, but a new page in the playbook that, that's coming out. We saw the tight ends get involved a lot more, um, especially Brenton Strange. He had four catches for 71 yards. Uh, yards. Theo Johnson had one catch, but it was a big catch, 37 yards, which set up um, the touchdown pass to, um, to John Dotson. So it was good to see the tight ends get involved. Um, those those tight end seam routes are going to be there all the time. And just the way we attack the perimeter with the receivers, the way we get out there with the running backs, and it's not just Jahan Dotson getting the catches on the outside. It's not just Parker Washington. It's, it's all the receivers, and that's how the offense is spread out. We go from sideline to sideline and, and everywhere in between. And we'll have some crossing routes in there, Parker Washington, you know, um, John Dotson got some. Um, Counter Lambert Smith with those those uh, perimeter passes, those quick passes. That just sets up so much, and that pass game can help set up the run game, which kind of leads me into the the things that we didn't do so well on in in, in Saturday night, which was the run game and then our rush defense. Those things, it's not like we did poorly. We just it was it was just bad. It just wasn't consistent. And that's way better than I have felt about something that this team hasn't done well over the years. You know, um, the, the run game was there. It just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't consistent. You know, we got a, a couple chunk plays from, from Noah Kane and Kevon Lee and Sean Clifford had a couple nice runs, but it just wasn't consistent. But the, the pass game was. And then on the flip side, on defense, the, the run game, the rush defense, you know, Tank Bigsby is, I think, one of the top two or three running backs in the country and potentially the best back that we'll face all season aside from maybe Travion Henderson at Ohio State um, but he never really got going um, he, he had a couple runs uh, his longest was 18 yards and that was I think that was early in the game too so he had you know he only averaged 4.4 yards a carry he had two touchdowns 23 carries 102 yards but that's you know that's I'll take that you know, Auburn as a team had 180 yards, uh, 182 yards, and he, he had their only two touchdowns. Um, so to kind of, you know, hold him in check per se and not let him get going and not let Auburn control the game with a run game and kind of force Bo Nix to drop back and, and complete some passes. Um, he was 21 of 37. Never got to him sack-wise. I would have loved to see that, but there was some pressure on him. And then going back to our, our rush defense, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, and it wasn't really consistent, which is what you would like to see, obviously. But it was good, and it, at, at times it would force Auburn to to, to let Bo Nix drop back and have him try and beat us rather than the the run game trying you know keep him on the field and control the clock, control the game, and then that kind of leads me to you know like I said about our our, our run game on offense. Our pass game is so good that it's kind of like, quote unquote, okay that our our run game isn't you know perfect, but it's it's getting there. On defense, our rush defense isn't perfect, but our pass defense is is great. Okay, our corners. I said this last week, and I'll keep saying it. Best in the country, they are elite. Joey Porter Jr. and Tariq Castro Fields are elite. They they better be on All American list at the end of the season. The way they're playing so far. And to go up against a team like Wisconsin, to go up against Ball State, I know, you know we can say whatever you want about Ball State, 
But then to go up against a team like Auburn, I know, you know, Wisconsin and, and Auburn aren't world beaters in terms of passing, but you still got to do it. I say that every week. You still got to go out and do it. You still got to go out, get off blocks, and make tackles, and make plays, and that's what those guys do. Sure, they're going to get burnt every now and then. That, that, that happens, right? But nine times out of ten, those guys, especially Joey Porter Jr., because it seems like everyone wants to try and go after him to see, okay, we got this young guy. We know he's he's good, but let's see if we can kind of break him. You're not, okay? You're just not. He's too big. He's too physical. Um, he gets off blocks really well, and he holds his own. Um, aside from, aside from uh, I think it was Jarquez Hunter jumping over him, you know, that was, that was kind of cool, but... Um, we have the, we have the best corners in the country. I think we also have the best safety in the country in, in, um, Jaquan Brisker and our secondary, aside from that second safety spot, which I think Jair Brown is really coming to his own. I think we have the best secondary in the country. Um, linebacker wise, we have athletic linebackers. They were able to kind of make plays at times. Brandon Smith, he had a career high in tackles. Um, he had 10 tackles, but I just want to see him be more consistent as well. Um, he had, I don't, I don't know how he dropped that pick six. I guess they always say that's why they play defense, but I just don't know how he dropped that pick six. I think he caught it and dropped it three or four times. And I watched the replay, and it was it could not have been a more perfect pass to Brandon Smith. I mean, that was that was like he was running a comeback route, and it was right there. Um, but anyway, um, I think overall, Penn State played an awesome game. I think... You know, we got the the receivers were obviously doing their thing. The tight ends got involved. Like I said, that tight end team route is going to be there. You know, that's going to be there all season. So, um, yeah, we need to get the run game going to kind of maybe open up the pass game a little more than it is. But and I said again, it seems like every week there's a new there's a new page of the playbook that's that's being that's being turned. You saw that with the. The uh, receiver pass uh, to uh, from Jahan Dotson to uh, Tyler Warren. Tyler Warren, speaking of him, had a touchdown. That was great to see as well. Um, so there's there's some wrinkles in there, and I think we're gonna just keep seeing more and more of that. I don't think we'll see anything against Villanova that we haven't seen already. Um, I think we're gonna keep it simple. I think you know hopefully the game is gonna be over after the first couple drives, and we'll you know we'll kind of not see anything too not see anything too crazy so um there was a lot of like yeah there was there was definitely a lot of good takeaways from the game it was especially how how confident sean clifford looked how the how the offensive line looked and they gave him all the time in the world and i i go back and i watch the game three or four times before i do these um i'll listen to the press conferences i'll listen to everybody i'll read the 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 forums i'll read all that kind of good stuff but primarily when I go back and watch the game, and I said I'll watch it three or four times, I'll kind of try and focus on maybe a certain position group. Um, you know, if you know the running back had a good game, I'll kind of see what, what they were doing, what the, what the offensive line was doing with this, or what the linebackers were doing, or what the defensive line was doing to get sacks or get pressure, or whatever it might be. And I'll watch it a couple of times through. I watched our offensive line play. Uh, I watched it a couple of times. And they were probably the best that I can, off the top of my head, remember seeing under James Franklin. And they were winning the line of scrimmage the entire night. There was a couple, a couple plays where they would get through, but and Auburn was primarily bringing 
three or four guys consistently, and they would blitz every now and then. But again, going back to what I said, you still have to block. You still got to do it. And I've seen I've seen our quarterback get sacked with the other team rushing two or rushing three. So to consistently hold up all night, we have two of the better left tackles in the country. I think we have the best left tackle in the country. And, you know, we're coming along really well. And the I think the most important thing to to look at is the stretch of three games that we've played. At Wisconsin, Ball State, again, say what you want about Ball State, they're still a really good football team. And Auburn, okay, we know the SEC, physical, bunch of talent, bunch of speed, all that kind of good stuff. We know the rep that they have. To have this type of three-game stretch to start the season before we get into Big Ten play, before we're going to face a lot of teams that are physical run run teams like Iowa, you know, like Ohio State, like Michigan State now, and like Michigan, you know, to have this stretch of three games is, man, when I first saw what the schedule looked like, um, it was like, damn, like coming off of last season, we're really going to start the season like this. I mean, we really got to start the season with at Wisconsin and Auburn at home. Like, you know, talk about not having an easy, easy start. I mean, I mean, look at the look at the way we play it. Like, we have the bend, don't break mentality on defense. And Sean Clifford playing against these teams and playing against these defenses, just gaining so much more confidence. And it's so evident. And just the way it's so evident in the way everybody talks. It's so evident in the way that Sean Clifford talks. If you listen to his post game press conference, I would recommend going back and, and listening to that. He's just so much more upbeat and confident, and he knows that Mike Yurcich has his back. He knows that he's going to put him in the best position to be the best quarterback in the country. And Clifford said before the season even started that with the team he has around him, he's the most confident quarterback in the country, and he's definitely playing like it. He doesn't have the eye-popping numbers that some quarterbacks might might have, but I don't care. You know, I don't care. He's efficient. He's not turning the ball over. I mean, he has a one interception, but again, that was like a punt. He's not fumbling the ball. And he's he's feeling the pressure, so he's getting out of the pocket. He's keeping his eyes down the field. He's scanning the field. That touchdown pass in the back of the end zone to Jahan Dotson. He started left, went middle, went middle again, and then found Jahan Dotson after he kind of got out of the pocket. That's that's what you gotta do. And so I just think that this team right now is playing with such with such confidence that I think there's there's nobody that that we can't beat, you know. Sure, I, I know I know Alabama is is elite. I know Georgia is is what they are. I know Ohio State's still Ohio State. I mean, I'm I'm gonna put up put us against those teams, and I I would feel confident about about where we would stack up. Um, so you know there was a, a lot of positive takeaways. And again, like I said about the the potential negatives are. You know, some of the things that we weren't doing so great aren't things that we're bad at. The run game and the rush defense. They're just things we need to be more consistent at. And that's that's it. The both things are there and we've we've we stopped the run when we needed to against Auburn. You know, and we got first downs running the ball when we needed to against Auburn, against Wisconsin, you know, and against Ball State you got going. So, you know, I think it's it's definitely there. Um it just needs to be more consistent, and hopefully we can kind of gain more confidence um, this week against Villanova. Um, so shifting a little bit to just the whiteout itself. Actually, let me let me start by saying the officiating on Saturday night was the worst officiating I have ever seen. And there's been games 
in the past against Ohio State, against Michigan, that I didn't think the officiating could get worse than those two games or those handful of games, it did. They took it down away from us. There were some blatant calls that they did call that were horrible and that they didn't call that they should have called. They missed some false starts. It just And it was an SEC crew, so again, what do you expect them coming up north trying to give their team a little bit of a boost? Luckily, it didn't cost us the game at all. It didn't cost us any points, um, so so that was good. Oh, I think I, I missed when I, I said the, the two numbers that stood out to me the most. Um, there was two separate fours that stood out. I mentioned Sean Clifford's only, only, only had four incompletions. We got to the red zone four times, and we scored touchdowns four times. I said last week against Ball State, we went we went four times. We had two touchdowns, two field goals. I said that needed to change going forward. When we get into the red zone, we need to score touchdowns because of the teams we're going to play and the situations we're potentially going to be in. Okay, if we go two for two, it's a it's a it's a tie game, right? So going into the red zone, getting those touchdowns, we had Auburn had the fumble, capitalized on that with a touchdown. Okay. Like that's insanely important, it, it boosting confidence and building confidence for our team going to the red zone, knowing we can do it, knowing we can score touchdowns. Um, so I think that was largely important to have, and that was one of the other big takeaways that I had. So the the, the key takeaways were no sacks, Sean Cliver's efficiency and his confidence, and the red zone offense, four for four and touchdowns. So good for us. Um, and then going back to the officiating, it was heinous. It was awful. Even the Auburn fans that I was sitting around, there weren't many of them, but they said that the officiating was was terrible. So glad we all could agree on that. Um, I will give a special shout out though to Auburn for handling the whiteout the way they did as a team. I, and I know that they play LSU and Bama and Georgia and Florida, and so so they're used to going into these environments, and they handled it well. They didn't seem to get rattled. Bo Nix didn't seem to get rattled. You know, they they had a couple false starts, but that just that that kind of just happens in games. So um, I think that was a big shout out to them and the way they, they, that they were able to handle it and not make things easy um, for us and not make things hard on themselves. So that was good, good for them. Um, the whiteout itself. Anybody who was there, you know, it is just man, there is just nothing like it. And I know what to expect every year. I know how awesome it's going to be, but it never gets old. That 30 seconds when James Franklin is leading the team out of the tunnel, especially now the way the tunnel looks with the lights and everything, looks dope. That 30 seconds when he leads the team from the locker room to the to the edge of the tunnel and runs out, fireworks going off. Oh man, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. It's there's there's nothing like it. And um it's so loud. It's so um, it's so fun to be to be a part of that, and for not just Penn State fans and you know I heard Auburn fans after the game saying it was awesome, it was very impressive, and I went on some of the Auburn message boards and the fans that were there were saying it was it was great. Penn State fans were great to them. We had no reason not to be. Um, so that was awesome to hear as well. And just like nationally, people people talk about it. You know, we we've all heard Kirk Herbstreit talk about it. And just it seems like a lot of the national people that were there were like that was the best scene I've ever I've, I've ever been to. And like I said last week, heading into this game, I know Penn State's record was what it was in whiteout games, but it's it's more so just the environment that you're in. 
and that initial just awe feeling that you have like oh holy shit like look at this and like i said there's nothing like it the day itself man anybody who was there it was hot guys it was toasty and these these night games are usually mid-october late october so it's you know 15 20 degrees cooler than it is at this time of year obviously so it was it was a it was a toasty one got cool as the game as the game approached and it was it was it was a great day Shout out to all the people who are in State College. Shout out to all the people who I got to see. My family, my boys, my girls, everybody. Um, it, it felt so good being back. It felt so so normal being back. It felt so it felt so right, you know. And I know everyone feels that way. I know uh, we ha- we have another night game coming up um, next weekend against Indiana. Um, that'll be that'll be dope. It's a revenge game. It's a stripe out. We're coming for blood against Indiana. The way that they quote-unquote beat us last year um so a lot of a lot of good things to to take away from this game a lot of positives again the negatives are not really things to really harp on you know again the run game is there just needs to be more consistent um the our rush defense is there just needs to be more consistent i'd also like to see us get to the quarterback and bring the quarterback down we had a lot of a lot of quarterback pressure, some hurries in there. We got a hand on him, but just couldn't bring Bo Nix down. I'd love to see that happen a little more. But on the flip side of that, our our secondary is great, so it's it kind of balances out in the end. But um, yeah, this this was one of those games that I'm not gonna say was the biggest win under James Franklin, but it has the the ramifications of a game that is monumental and just the the amount of confidence that it can give this team um the amount of of focus like hey we got through this three game stretch and we went three and oh and people are starting to recognize that penn state that this penn state team is different than penn state teams of the past okay Sean Clifford is different than, than what he was. And Sean Clifford was good in 2019. I think he's much better this year. We have, I'm not going to say we have have an elite defense right now, but we have one of the better defenses in the country. Um, shout out to Jordan Stout. He has 18 kickoffs this year, 18 touchbacks. And he's changing the field position battle on his punts. He's averaging, I think, 53 yards per punt not allowing many returns. He's got a he's doing it all for us. You know, punts, kickoffs, field goals. Um he's doing everything for us. So he is he is an absolute weapon to have. And it's it's great to see it's great to see that cuz that changes the game completely. Um it's also great to see that we've only scratched the surface of where this team can go. And you know, we have a we have a <laughs> we have a tough schedule coming up in the next handful of weeks. Um, you know, we have Villanova this weekend, obviously. We have Indiana the following weekend. Indiana isn't what people thought they might be. But then we go to Iowa, October 9th. Come home for Illinois after a bye week. And then we go to Ohio State. And we go to Maryland. We come back from Michigan, finish up with Rutgers and at Michigan State on the road. Michigan State turning out to be, uh, you know, way better than what people thought they were going to be. Um, Kenneth Walker the third is becoming one of the better running backs in the country. 
So we're going to be facing a ton of good running backs this year. So that run game needs, that run defense needs to get a little better. But obviously the focus is on Villanova this weekend. Um, I think we'll handle business. I think it'll be over at the end of the first quarter. That is my, that's my hope. That's my not assumption because I know how that goes when you assume things like that. Um, but I appreciate you guys joining me again for another quick slants. Um, we'll talk next week. Talk about Indiana. We'll talk about the, the Big Ten schedule getting started. Um, hopefully this this weekend goes the way I think it should go. This is going to be my, my blowout prediction of the year. I'm going 52-3. to Penn State gets the W. We get a lot of guys, um, a lot of young guys, a lot of playing time in the second half, and they keep the ball rolling for, for us. I think we have, I think this is a game that we get the running game going. We get some sacks. Gain a little more confidence in those in some of those areas, um, and I think that we really shut down Villanova and and take care of business. Um, again, go follow me on Twitter at Stephen underscore Springs. Go follow my boy Christian on Twitter at AO Shifty. Go follow the We Got Next podcast at We underscore Got Next. I appreciate you guys as always. Um, I saw some of my some of my people who listened to this last weekend give me some good feedback. Um, I appreciate you guys. It's it's always nice to um, it's always nice to to hear hear you guys you know give the feedback and you know I do this like I'm just talking to those people like I'm talking to you know my boys about about Penn State and that's kind of how I approach it and I hope that's kind of how you guys hear this um, so I appreciate you guys as always enjoy your Thursday enjoy your weekend coming up always remember we are.